Welcome to New City Online and happy Easter Sunday. I'm Ron Dasher, the online pastor here, and I'm joined today by my wife, Lindsay. We're so thankful you're joining us today at New City. If this is your first time joining us, please find us online at newcity.us connect. Let us know you're here. We would love to connect with you. And here at New City, one of our values is that servant leadership is our offering. That means we believe the greatest gift we can give our city and world is to serve with generous hearts. One of the ways we've done this for years is partnering with two local schools, Greenway Park and Idlewild Elementary. These students have had a challenging year, and as we look ahead to summer, we want to be sure they're resourced well to continue reading, something that has a huge impact on so many areas of education. Today we're launching Project Books, an initiative to provide every student in these schools with five new books to read over the summer. And that's a huge goal and something we need your help to accomplish. If you'd like to learn more and to give to Project Books, you can do so at newcity.us slash schoolspirit. Speaking of giving, I wanted to take a minute to talk with you about that topic. The thing about giving is that it's not about guilt. At least it shouldn't be. Many of you may have feelings of guilt associated with giving to churches and ministries in the past, but here at New City, we want people to give in response to God's grace. We've learned that guilt makes people feel bitter and not better. We want something for you and not something from you. Above all else, we want you to experience the life that Jesus promised in John 10:10. I came that they may have life and they should have it abundantly. Giving should never be done out of guilt. Here at New City, we focus on God's grace. We can't earn God's grace by giving. It is freely given to us. And so we give out of an abundance of thankfulness for what God has done for us. Today is Easter. We're celebrating Jesus laying down his life on the cross and being resurrected so that we can experience new abundant life and live it to the fullest. If you call New City home, please join us in giving as a response to God's grace. You can do it online at newcity.us give. If you're a guest today, please don't feel obligated to give. It's all taken care of. Now let's worship together.
we sing hallelujah this is our truth this is our proclamation our declaration this morning that you have risen you have overcome the grave and the very sins that put you on that grave thank you Jesus we love you we exalt you in Jesus name amen today you'll hear a sermon from Chris Payne our senior pastor here at New City but before we get to the sermon, I want to let you know about an easy way to connect and respond. If you feel like today is the day to take a step in your faith, we want to walk alongside you and celebrate that decision. 
If you've made one of those decisions, have a prayer request, or just want more info about New City Church, you can email me directly, rdasher at newcity.us. I'd be honored to help you take that next step in your faith journey. Now, here's Senior Pastor Chris Payne. Elizabeth Henson of Leland, Mississippi had finally had enough. Today was going to be the day that she went through all the clutter in their closets, uh, in their modest home, and, and got rid of all their old clothes and toys and things that had accumulated through the years. Uh, her son, James, was in the other room when she decided to take on this project. Maybe you've done that in your home recently, or maybe you have a decluttering project that is ahead of you. Uh, if you're like Elizabeth, she put things in one of two piles. The first pile was a trash pile, just stuff that was way too worn out to be donated. And then the other pile was, was donations that, that she could give away. And she went through every closet in their modest home, all of their clothes, all their toys of her two sons and her husband and herself, uh, all that they had accumulated through the years. As James was in the other room playing by himself, he had gotten used to that because his older brother had some troubles that demanded a lot of his parents' attention, so James spent most of his time by himself entertaining himself. And his grandmother was an avid reader and fed uh, James Henson a, um, a steady dose of, of not only encouragement, but also books for him to read while he was, was on his own. As uh, James was in the other room listening to his, his mom Elizabeth go through the closets and declutter, he saw all the trash bags going by of donations and trash, and finally he worked up the courage to ask his mom a question. Can I look through those trash bags? Uh, Elizabeth paused because she knew all the work that she had put into getting all this stuff finally in the bags, but she made a decision that would change the course of history by saying yes and giving one of those trash bags for little James to, to go through and to, to play with. So James went through one of those trash bags, going through all the clothes and all the toys, and he came across this, this old pea coat that used to belong to his mother. It just happened to be the color green. And after several uh, moments of, of cutting and pasting and red tape and old ping pong balls, uh, little James Henson saw this guy looking back at him for the very first time. Jim Henson had met Kermit the Frog. You know, we all need people who can see beyond our past and to our potential. We all need people who can see past our brokenness and to our beauty, from what we were to what we could be. And Easter is the message of God seeing past our brokenness and our faults and our sin to who we could be. He rescued us from the, the trash pile and redeemed us into the people that he called us to be. And I don't know about you, but I am so grateful that, that God saw past all my nonsense all my brokenness, all my past, and saw who I could really be. You know, the, the Bible says it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, this whole idea of, 
of old coming to new life, of redeeming and rescuing what was in a trash pile and giving it new life. The Apostle Paul wrote this. He, says, he said, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. And that really is the message of all of Christianity, that God has taken what is old and made it new through his life and through his death and his, his resurrected life that we're invited into. Um, Bob Goff, who, who has written many books, uh, wrote this in his book, Everyone Always. He said, uh, don't tell people what to do, show them who they are. Don't you love that? Don't tell people what to do. Show them who they are. As a parent, I know I'm, I'm convicted by that with, with my three kids that I oftentimes just want to tell them what to do. And sometimes we have to. But more times than not, we need to be speaking life into people, seeing their potential and showing them who they really are. Uh, God showed us who we really are at Easter. Bottom line for today. God showed us who we are at Easter. Easter was God's way of revealing to us how he sees us, how he feels about us. God showed you who you are at Easter, how loved you are, how, how valued you are, how worthy you are, how seen you are, that, that you're worth rescuing. And, and God shows us in so many ways the life that he sees now in us because of what he's done. And now the scriptures, like God's word, reminds us of that of who God is, of how he sees us, and it continues to pull us back to the truth. I, I read one scholar who said, if the scripture, if the Bible, God's word, is like a ring, then the book of Romans in the Bible is the jewel of the ring. And more specifically, Romans chapter 8 is the, is the sparkling tip of that jewel. Romans chapter 8 is, is probably the most specific chapter in the Bible about who God is and who we are because of who God is and what he's done for us. So, so maybe your homework coming out of this Easter weekend would be to go and, and read Romans chapter 8. We're going to spend a little bit of time in it today reminding ourselves of, of what Easter shows us. That, that, that God sees who we really are through the Easter story. And we need to be reminded of that over and over and over again. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, open them with me wherever you might be today to Romans chapter 8. And let's jump in uh, to verse 11. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Romans to the church in Rome. And this is what he says beginning in verse 11. He says, The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. What, what is Paul saying here that we need to be reminded of? He's saying that we are raised from something and we're raised to something. And more specifically, he's saying uh, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead on that first Easter morning now lives in us and raises us from the dead. So to say it even more specifically, Jesus was raised from the same spirit that lives in us and raises us. Isn't, isn't that amazing? And the Easter message, the full Easter message that, that you need to hear today is not just that Jesus raised you from something. That's part of the Easter message, and that's absolutely true. Maybe you've grown up hearing the resurrection story of Jesus uh, saved you from, from, uh, from the dead, saved you from your sin, and that's absolutely true, that he rescued you and raised you from, from death. But that's only part of the story. 
it, it gets even better. Not only did Jesus raise you from the dead, but he raised you to life. He raised you from death to walk in newness of life. And in this full Easter story, we really see what mercy and grace are. You know, you've probably heard those words before, but, but maybe you've never heard them defined. Let, let's do that today. Mercy is not getting what I deserve. So when Jesus saved me from death, from the grave, from my sins, I received mercy. I didn't get what I deserved because of my brokenness, because of my choices, because of my condition, because of my sin, the ways that I fall short of who God is. I deserve to be separated from him. I deserved death, and I didn't get that, and that's what mercy is, and that's part of the Easter message. But it gets even better because grace is getting what I don't deserve. If mercy is getting what I don't, uh, not getting what I deserve, grace is getting what I don't deserve. And that's the part of being raised to something. I'm raised to walk in newness of life, in fullness of life. So, the, so check this out. The full Easter message is this, that you were raised from death, but you were also raised to walk in newness of life. So if you have your scriptures or you're following along on your phone, maybe just highlight or circle those two prepositions, from and to, and that's the Easter message. You're saved from death to life. Mercy, not getting what you deserve. Grace, getting what you don't deserve. And Easter makes forgiveness of sin possible, and it also makes the fullness of life possible. God showed us who we really are at Easter, that we're raised from death to walk in newness of life. We're a new creation in Christ. And now, right, now God's word, this truth, specifically Romans 8 that we're looking at today, now we're gonna remember that. And as Christ followers, for those of us who have placed our trust and our hope in Jesus, now, now we remember that and we walk in this newness of life, being saved from death to walk in life and what God has for us. So let's, let's, let's go now to the rest of the passage here, verses 12 through 17 and Romans chapter 8. And now Paul is going to do just that. Now he's, he, he's told us, you know, what Easter is, that we're being raised from death to life. Now he's going to remind us who and whose we are in verses 12 through 17. And so for those of you who are Christ followers that are watching today, let this be a reminder of who and whose you are. Maybe your mom or your dad or your grandparents used to tell you that or a coach. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Paul's going to do the same thing. For those of you who are exploring what it means to be a Christ follower, what is Christianity? Where You've heard that today in Romans 8, 11, that it's being saved from death and to newness of life. And, and maybe when you hear these words in verses 12 through 17, you need to be reminded of what God's calling you to, that this is an invitation that this is not exclusive, this is an invitation of God. Easter is inviting you into newness of life. So even if you're here today and you're, you're a tire kicker, you're just trying to figure out what all this means, listen in to what Paul says in this next section, reminding us who and whose we are. Let's start in verses 12 through 13, Romans chapter eight, this great chapter. Paul says, so then, okay, if, if, if verse 11 is true, so then, brothers, we are debtors, Paul says, not, not to ourselves, not, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, to ourselves, we're going to die. Left unto ourselves, Paul's saying, we're not going to make it, we're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you're going to live. In other words, if we live according to ourselves, we're going to miss it, and we're, we're going to miss God's grace. 
But if we live according to the Spirit, and if God's Spirit dwells in us, the same power that rescued Jesus from the grave lives within us, we rise too to newness of life. And now we're, check this out, Paul says now we're, we're debtors. And you say, wait a second. I, I thought grace was, was getting what we don't deserve, that it was, a, it was a free gift. It is. What Paul's not saying here is that we're somehow paying God back for what he did. What he's saying is that we're not repaying, we're responding to that grace. We're living in light of God's love for us. We're all living now in light of the resurrection, of what God accomplished for us at Easter. And now instead of being, you know, um, owed or having this sense of like, people owe me, you know, God owes me, other people owe me, my family, my friends owe me, I owe me. Paul, Paul doesn't say we are owed, he says we're, we're debtors. We live and we respond for with the rest of our life for what God's done for us. We could never repay it, but we live as a response to it. And in this way, we're not entitled. I think you might agree with me that we live in a culture in a world right now that is awash in entitlement. All about what I can what I can get, not what I can what I can give. And the Apostle Paul reminds us here because of Easter, because of what God shows us, that we're, we're debtors to what God's done for us, that we live in light of God's love. And now, no, God doesn't owe us. People don't owe us. I, I, I don't owe myself. I'm indebted. I'm not entitled. I'm grateful. Do, do, do you hear the difference? Uh, entitlement leads to self-pity. And, and you know, C.S. Lewis wrote that self-pity is the worst of all vices because it leads to every single other vice. Self-pity, let me put it a different way. Self-pity, this idea of oldness, other people owing me, God owing me, myself owing me, me deserving something. Self-pity is the soil that sin grows in. Think about that. And Paul, Paul reminds us here who and whose we are by saying, we're debtors. We're not entitled. We live as grateful people. And when I live in the gratitude of what God has done for me, I can't help but share that with other people. That's what Paul is saying. He's reminding us as Christ followers, who and whose we are, that we're debtors to his grace, to the Easter story. But it gets even better. He says, not only are we debtors to God's grace, we're not entitled, but we live in gratitude, but we're also adopted. We are adopted people as sons and daughters of the Most High King. As Christ followers, we've been engrafted. We've been pulled into the family of God. Listen to verses 14 through 16, again, from Romans uh, chapter 8. Paul says, For we are led by the Spirit of God as sons. We all are of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery, Paul says, to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of, look at the word here and underline it, adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, underline these words, children of God. Paul reminds us who and whose we are, that because of God's Spirit that now indwells us as Christ followers, we have been adopted into the family of God as sons 
and his daughters. And Paul would have been very familiar with adoption as a Roman citizen. In fact, adoption was more common in the Roman citizenship than it was even for the Hebrews. And Paul uses this beautiful metaphor to explain to Christ's followers who they are now in Jesus and in light of the resurrection. Let let me read to you what would happen in the first century culture, what Paul would have been referencing for adoption. When a child was adopted into a family, what occurred at the moment of adoption? And I want you to think about Easter and what has happened in the same way. The first thing is old debts and obligations were paid. So at the cross, Jesus paid perfectly for all of our sins, past, present, and future. Maybe think about it this way. God wrote a check on Friday, and it cleared the bank on Sunday with the resurrection. The cross wrote the check, the resurrection, it cleared the bank. It's paid in full, all of our debts. And that's what happened at the moment of adoption. Secondly, we're given a new name. We don't carry our name anymore, we carry the name of Jesus as a Christ follower, as a Christian. That is our new name that happens at the moment of adoption. Thirdly, the new father at adoption, the new father instantly became liable for all the further actions and liabilities and debts of the child. So not only is your sin paid for in the past, but all your liabilities and debts and obligations present and future are paid for by the father. In other words, God's grace is sufficient. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. God's love never runs out. It can never be spent. And then fourthly, what happened at adoption? At the moment of adoption, a new responsibility was given for the new child to honor their new family and to please their new father. In other words, as Paul's reminding us, we don't live for ourselves anymore. Now, in light of Easter and God showing us who we really are, We live to honor and to please God, to bring him glory and not bring glory to ourselves. Let me ask you a question right where you are today. What did you do to deserve this? For those of you who are Christ followers and who have been adopted into the family of God, what what did we do to deserve this? Nothing. We did nothing. That's what mercy and grace are saved from death, saved to newness of life. Look at the word that Paul uses here in verse 15, Romans chapter eight. You have, circle this word, received. You didn't negotiate. You didn't work towards it. It wasn't your morality. It wasn't your behavior. It wasn't your lineage. It was nothing that you could do. It was a free gift of God that you have received. All expenses were paid by the Father. For some of us, it's really hard to receive a gift that we know we can never repay. It's really hard for some of us to sit and to listen to someone praise us, encourage us. It's It's hard for some of us to receive a gift. But Easter is the gift that God gave for each and every one of you. And we simply receive it. We don't work for it. We don't have to jockey for position anymore. It's not our religiosity. It's nothing you could do. It's just the fact that God loved you and chose to give you this incredible gift. The evangelist John wrote it this way in his gospel. In John 1.12, he said, To as many who did receive Jesus, there's that word again, who believed in his name, listen to this, he gave the right to become children of God. 
that word right is a, is a legal word. There's a transaction that's happened. You've been adopted into the family of God. You have the right now to be a child of God, not because of anything you've done, but because of what you've done to receive through believing and placing your trust in Christ. It's, it's, it's not due, it's, it's, it's done. And receiving comes from, listen to this, believing. I receive God's love by doing one thing, by believing him for who he is and what he's done. Don't you hear that? It's an invitation to you. Easter is an invitation to each of us to receive this new life, to be adopted into God's family. For some of you, you grew up in a great family. You had a great mom and dad, and you have a model and a picture of who God really is. For some of you, you grew up in a crummy family, and I'm so sorry for that. But hear this, no matter what family you grew up in, hear this, that God's inviting you into his family. And it's nothing you could have done. It's just the free gift because he loves you that much. And then final thing on this, reminding us who and whose we are, that, we're, that we've been adopted. Look at verses 15 and 16. Paul uses this phrase. He says, you know, since we have the spirit of adoption as, as sons, we can now cry out as children, Abba, Father. That word Abba is, a, is an Aramaic word. And you want to know what the literal translation of the word Abba is into English? Daddy. It's an intimate word. It's, it's a word that denotes the type of relationship that God wants with every single one of us and its love and its trust and its hope and its fidelity and its, and its closeness. That's what God desires and longs for. And that's what Easter made possible, that we can cry out, Daddy, Abba, Father. I don't know about you, for those of you who are parents, who are grandparents, um, you know, dads and granddads, when you hear your kids, your grandkids say, Daddy, it does something. I have three children. When they say daddy, authentically, it melts my heart. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he cried out in Mark 14, he cries out, Abba, Father, Daddy. We're invited in the same relationship that Jesus had with God the Father. Incredible. But it, it gets even better. Finally, what does Paul remind us of who and whose we are because of Easter? What God shows us on Easter he reminds us that we're co-heirs with Christ. We're fellow heirs with Jesus. Look at verse 17, again from Romans chapter eight. Paul finishes this section by saying, and if we're children, then we're heirs. And if heirs of God, then fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We're co-heirs with Christ now. Now, typically the elder brother would get all the inheritance. But Paul is saying that God has chosen to share the inheritance of the family with all of his children, not just the older brother, Jesus. And now the older brother, our older brother, as Christ follower Jesus, has gone before us to heaven, interceding for us and waiting for each and every one of us. He's gone to prepare a place for us. And now as God's family, we share in our brother Jesus's sufferings in this broken world. But we're also guaranteed and told here in this passage, Romans 8, 17, that if we share in our brother Jesus's sufferings in this broken world, we'll also share in his glory for eternity because of the resurrection. God showed us who we are at Easter, bottom line. He showed you how he sees you, how he loves you, God showed us that he raised us from death and to newness of life. 
God shows us at Easter who and whose we are, that we're, that we're debtors to his grace, never to repay it, pay it, but to respond to it in the way that we live in gratitude. That we've been adopted and that we're now co-heirs, fellow heirs with Christ in God's inheritance. Amazing. This past week, this Easter week, I had a chance to um, serve a, a New City family that was saying goodbye to their 97-year-old mother and grandmother. And as I listened to them this Easter week at the, at the graveside, uh, sharing stories, singing, reading the scriptures, uh, as I preached the word, I, I was reminded standing there on Easter week at the graveside how sad all of this would all be if it wasn't for Easter. I had this feeling come over me, and maybe for many of you, you've stood at a graveside, or you will stand at a graveside. I had this feeling overwhelm me, and maybe it's overwhelmed you at times. If Easter never happened, if Jesus isn't real, if he hasn't called me from death to life, how sad all of this really is, that the grave really does have the final word. And I remembered this week, standing by that graveside, this Easter week, the truth of how Paul chooses to close this incredible chapter of Romans chapter 8 and this word of hope, this Easter hope, this resurrection hope that we have because of what has happened in Christ. Let me, let me read it to you, the final two verses, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Let's finish here today. Paul says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor present things or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Even death itself couldn't separate us from who God says that we are. To him alone be all the glory today. Would you pray with me? Wherever you might be today, join me in prayer. Abba, Father, thank you for Jesus, for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the resurrection and for the reminder of how you see us today. May we receive you today through our simple belief in who you are, Jesus, and what you've done. And may you help us to embrace today the full identity as Christ followers of who you've called us to be, who we are and whose we are. God, thank you for showing us who you believe us to be, that we're loved, that we're valued, that we're redeemed, that we're rescued, that we're worthy, that we're your sons and daughters because of Jesus. God, you have risen, and so we can rise with you. And we're grateful for that eternal hope today. I pray for each of my friends who are praying this prayer with me right now, that your spirit would flood their hearts and that you would remind them who and whose they are today because of Easter. To you alone be the glory. Amen.
Thanks again for worshiping with us today. Again, if you'd like to get in touch about next steps, prayer, connecting, please email me at rdasher at newcity.us. Now, if you would, extend your hands for a benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Happy Easter. Go in peace.